Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's the Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, JLR News, Land Rover Theft Ring Update, a tip-top tool tip all about 3D printing, and back by popular demand, famous Land Rover owner of the week. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the creak and groan to Stephen's premium sound system. I'm the mechanical drone of podcasting. I guess. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, this week in the news, some good news, some good Land Rover sales news for a change. We don't Absolutely. usually get to report good Land Rover sales news as there's often none to be had. Uh, but this time, it looks like sales are actually up. Sales are up. Yeah. I guess uh, this is what happens when you can make cars. You can sell right. them too. That's true. You, you know, can also I sell think, those cars, uh, yeah. I think uh, they've had some challenges with uh, various availability of, of uh, goods, you know, mm-hmm. to build cars. And yep. maybe that's that pressure is easing. And so they're mm-hmm. able to sell cars. That's awesome. Well, again, as we talked about previously, the third shift in Slovakia, which I believe is done entirely by Vlado. I think he builds every Defender on the third wouldn't, shift. Wouldn't surprise me. That guy's very industrious. Uh, he is. He is a hard worker. I mean, I think that it's always good to hear good Land Rover news. Is it's been a little dire lately, you know, with uh, your good friend Terry Bellary leaving and the, uh, you know, the sort of interim CEO, uh, you know, trying to put things back on the uh, on the rails and sort of talk of maybe Tata's interested in selling JLR. I think it's uh, it's good. It's good to see that uh, that she's back on the uh, road and heading towards prosperity. Yeah, no, I I think uh, it's uh, it's a long time coming, but uh, you know it was on the horizon. There they had a lot of orders, yeah. and yeah. I feel like their ability to to build the cars was really the 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 pinch point, the bottleneck, if you will. So once that uh, is easing up, I think you'll start to see the sales increase. But shares of Tata also up. Yeah, yeah, just amazing because yeah. Landover is a pretty small. Yeah. Uh, percentage of Tata's overall portfolio, but it's it's really, you know, a needle mover. Yeah, well, I think people people recognize and love the brand, and I think it just gets them excited. Or maybe it's Mohindra and Tuk Tuk sales are finally uh, picking up as well. I don't know. It could be. You never know. Yeah, Mahindra in their their battle with Jeep over their front grill. <laughs> it looks exactly like Jeep. 
It used to. Um, they t- they changed the grill pretty substantially. Grill. Is it? Oh, I haven't they... seen the new grill. I haven't seen the new grill. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. They changed the grill pretty substantially, and then Jeep's yeah. like, oh, it's too similar, but it's it doesn't look anything like a it, Jeep. It anymore. now is. Uh, it's just a Mercedes front grill. They just changed it to the front grill from a. Uh, and what are you going to do? You know, well, that's all right. They can't have any new ideas. They can just get an idea from someone else. They've just chosen a different spot now. So I want one of those little Mohinders. I think they'd be super cool. It's like buying a Willys Jeep, but not like new. A brand and new turbo one. diesel. <laughs> turbo diesel. Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, it's, it, I feel like they're, they're pretty powerful. They got like little Dana 44s in them and stuff. 86 inch wheelbase, I want to say, something like that. Um, did they make a little D body kit for it though? That's the question. I, I, I like see no reason why you couldn't get a little D body kit and put it on that. And just put it on my Mohindra. Yeah. yeah. That might be, that may be headed for one of those in the future. Grills, I think the grills are pretty, fairly detachable nowadays on those yeah, things. Yeah. They are, they're having to change them on a pretty regular basis. Did they're you, like, is this enough? Is this, no, no. How about is this, this enough? No, how about this? No, no. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the video of the gentleman who is driving from uh, like uh, somewhere in like upper uh, Utah, like through the mountain and desert to Colorado or something in a child's mini Jeep? Oh, like, yeah. A, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a thousand like, uh, miles off road in the, yeah. the mini Jeep. Yeah. In the mini Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I, I think of a Mahindra, I think of that guy and I'm like. It seems like it would be fun, but then you see that guy going through just like waking hell. It's the overland equivalent of uh, like the dumb and dumber guys on the little scooter. Yeah, on a CT90. Yeah, it is. It is very. It's not a uh, CT90. It's smaller than that. It's like think, a 45. Yeah, but I think it, it literally is. It's one of the most punishing videos I've ever seen of this gentleman. And he's like three videos in now and he's still not there because it like broke down halfway through and then he had to take a break because he's an engineer on like uh, like tanker ships or something. And then when he came back, it was the winter, but he's like, no problem. I just got dropped off where I left off before I, I went to work. And now it's like minus 20 or something the whole time that he's, he's going. And he's like, this is, awesome. this is this fine. Is <laughs> it's good. We'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. If you haven't uh, seen the uh, thousand miles in a mini Jeep, it's uh, over it's landing fun. in a power yeah. wheels or whatever. It's pretty fun. That's it. Speaking of great web videos, there is another uh, shop uh, that is doing the Barbie, you know, like the Barbie kids motorhome thing, like, you know, for a, you know, you'd get for your, for your child. It's the little sort of like, you know, run around motorhome that you put your feet through the bottom and like Flintstones pedal it. And they've turned it into like essentially an off-road sand rail, but they've kept all of the Barbie body work. Like it's all fits inside of the Barbie car. So it's just this guy with a dirt bike helmet, like ripping around, you know, in a Barbie camper. It's pretty awesome. I have seen that. It looks incredibly dangerous. Mm -hmm. Oh, super. And like, there's no any sway of any kind. So when it goes around a corner, it just like, it turns almost completely over. And I think they nicknamed it the paralyzer. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's what our off-road Miata is going to be like. Just a, just a death trap. It's going to be great. Speaking of death trap, an update, if you will, on one of our favorite topics, the Land Rover theft ring, the mm-hmm. fast and furious of Land Rover theft, if you will. Gone you know, in 20 seconds. Gone in, gone in like, I don't know, 45 <laughs> minutes. You know, it was just like they get into it very quickly, but then it moves very slowly. But um, so what's the update on the Land Rover theft ring? 
Yeah, so this is uh, the third Land Rover theft ring. There was one in Canada, yep, one in Canadian, Scotland, the and Edmonton then one in, I believe, Yorkshire. Oh, and then known this for is, their pudding. No, one of my favorites. No, for their puddings, yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, and their Land Rover theft rings. Land so, Rovers, yeah. yeah, apparently they'd stolen like 20 Land Rovers, like newer late model Land Rovers. Must be, <laughs> must be some particular... Thing that they're exploiting in the theft right. of these newer cars right. like there yes. there must be yes. something in the security that they're exploiting because several of these theft rings have popped up targeting these specific vehicles and Sad. so yeah. uh yeah. another one is has been busted they, they at least they're catching these people they're catching you know? them they're busting them which is yeah, they, they, yeah they busted the one in canada they busted yeah. the one in yorkshire and now yeah. all that's left is the one in in scotland right well the scottish one is still at large Scottish one's still at large, as far as I know. I haven't, I haven't read an update on that. But okay. uh, yeah. yeah, they've caught these people. They've confiscated around about 20 cars, which they wow. estimate their value around a million bucks. Holy moly. That is it's a amazing. Lot. It's a lot. We're going to have to visit the Scottish theft ring. Uh, Liz and I will be there in, uh, we're going to be there over the summer at a, uh, at a wedding. And uh, we're talking about having uh, Vlado bring the uh, Defender to us there in, oh, fun. Uh, in Scotland. And uh, now we're gonna, I'm going to have to chain it up or something. Make sure that it doesn't get thefted. I'm going to buy that like safe that bolts in around your pedals. Yeah, the, the pedal safe. And take yeah. my steering wheel off and bring it with me. And like the, yeah. the, the, the rear passenger tire, just bring it this into the with me. Everybody, like, everybody over there is like, this is normal. This is just what you do. Yeah. You walk into the pub with your, with your driver's side tire. That's just how you, <laughs> you keep it safe, like a bicycle. Yeah, I love, I love reading the magazines and then like they, they talk about all the, the various anti-theft devices, various anchors that you can yeah. chain or bolt your vehicle or motorcycle <laughs> to in your driveway. Like uh, you remember that movie, the, the Batman, where he yeah. like puts, turns a security on. Turns and it's like, on. Yeah. yeah, it's like an armor plating that, that expands and, mm-hmm. and covers mm-hmm. the entire vehicle. That's what they yeah. need. That's what you need. I'm just going to fill the interior with sarin gas. That's uh, that's Ooh, my plan. Is just uh, electrify you know, it. Electrify. It'd be it cheaper to gas. just fill it with cement. Just chip it out every time you need to go. Yeah, for a every drive. time you need to go somewhere, it's fine. That's no problem. Yeah. It's less work. Speaking of filled with uh, cement, back to our good friends at Tata. Apparently, they want to build uh, an EV factory in the United Kingdom. Is that true? Uh, that, I'm led to believe that, you know, uh, when I was present at the high level talks yeah, at yeah. Tata Motors. Right. As you're a, invited to as a, as a consultant and uh, an and honorary beverage, board beverage member. Coordinator. Yeah, an honorary board member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Ike, what do you think? I imagine a camera pans over to you eating some chips and uh, yeah, just I, sort of like. I, I speak last. Everybody else. <laughs> Everybody else says something and then I speak last. The room falls silent yeah. and focuses on Ike. Yeah. 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 I think like uh like a lot of companies, you know, they want to get on the EV bandwagon and yeah. uh they want the government to foot the bill. Yeah. For the cost of uh, you know, development and production of these vehicles. Uh I think that the, you know, both the uh, US government and the UK government yeah. are there's a lot of incentives available to try and move uh, you know, companies in the direction of of electric vehicles, and uh, I think Tata Motors recognizes this, and they want to uh, they want to get a, a factory built to produce electric vehicles in the UK. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. now, what's interesting is they're threatening, if their demands are not met, to move production of these vehicles to Spain. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the corollary. So yeah. like you know, trying to get some outrage. Oh, Land Rovers, they can't be made in Spain. Little do they know, Land Rovers have been made in Spain for years, for years under yeah. the Santana name right. brand. 
Right. And maybe they want to move it into the old Santana factory. Wouldn't Would that be the electric great? ones be all Santanas? Yeah, all Santanas. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like, fun. Yeah, they have two uh, Alpine windows and they've got like a kind of oh, a weird yeah. hood. And oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Plastic yeah, scuttle vents and maybe oh, they could uh, maybe they could uh, diminish the size of the signature panel for the EV. Electricidad especial. I take it. It's I a think new that'd model. be cool, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a little spicier than the UK model. Uh, it's it's great. You know, yeah. it's it's fantastic. Comes with castanets. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I you know I I'm obviously 25. There'll be the the Defender and the Range Rover. Uh, all electrics, which I think is pretty cool. I, I'm I'm excited about. It. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Have you I, ordered yours? Can you do that yet? Can I you can't order, order them yet? No, you can't order them yet. I, I yeah, I will though. I would. I, I have to say, after after last week's chat with Mercedes and now chatting with everybody online who said, uh, listen, I also I also got to drive the uh, the Grenadier, but I've been sworn to secrecy. Um, no less than like six people. I've been sworn to secrecy. I can't. Uh, you know, secrets in the UK. It's the uh, secrets are important. Everybody they, likes um, their secrets there. But but. Uh, yeah, after that, I really think I'm really thinking about putting in an Ineos order. You, know? you don't have an order in already. You don't have an order in already. I do have an order in a Cybertruck. Uh, if anybody's interested in that, uh, never coming up. Uh, but no, I don't have a Grenadier order in yet. I have done the like, give them a hundred bucks to express your interest in placing an order at some point in the future. You can do that with me too. If you send I'll me $100, you can express your interest in it. Funny you say that uh, because as you know, I'm buying a, a, another car from uh, from Linus because I make poor decisions, but Linus oh, yeah. makes even poorer decisions. He does. And uh, just to make sure that the, you know, the AHC goes through and everything, I did send him $100. To signal my intent nice. to buy its car. Nice. So, yeah, so there you go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a great program. I mean, we should start doing that, right? We should start selling like, you know, underpowered hour futures, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Invest totally. now in shows that we might make in two and a half years, you know? Why not? This reminds me of a friend of mine in college. He wanted to start a uh, very exclusive university uh, doing like uh, some 3D rendering classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So exclusive, in fact, that, uh, you know, you had to you had to submit a $100 application fee. Oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah, it, yeah. And it was so exclusive that he just didn't never, accept. Never anyone. actually accepted anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. There you go. Just goes to show you, you know. Um, so speaking of on the uh, workshop, how are things going up there at the ever reputable and uh, now super clean Pangolin Four by Four? Things are good. Things are good. We're uh, getting even more things set up and fixed uh, in the new building, so I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, we've rolled a couple of projects into the shop and a few even out of the shop, believe it or not. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. So uh, we had been working on a uh, very original 107 station wagon uh -huh. and uh, fitting the original 107 station wagon rear axle casing to that, which has integral yep. shock mounts and so forth. Yep. yep. So anyway, we're just trying to, to, to get that car, you know, all of its correct components put back in it. Uh, it we've its original uh, motor mm -hmm. and uh, oh, reinstalled cool. that. Mm -hmm. So that one's like uh, pretty well ready for the owner, you know, I think. And then we've rolled another 107 wagon in. We started to assemble uh, a really nice uh, 109 three-door soft top to, uh, for a fellow in California. And nice. that thing is really nice. You know, the original galvanized chassis. So not not that it was originally galvanized, but right. it's the original chassis and we've galvanized Been it. galvanized, yeah. It's, it's being finished in the Rover dark gray color. We just Ooh, got the wheels nice. back yeah, for that. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so nice. Such a nice color. I love that color. 
And are you painting the chassis or is it going to stay galvanized? No, it's going to stay galvanized. Mm -hmm. So high contrast on that car between the chassis and the bodywork. So I think it'll be nice. And then a a soft top uh, on that car and gray elephant hide seats. So be nice interior for that. So full restoration on that car. Sheridized fasteners. So the dark gray fasteners. I think it'll look really, really super nice. Disc brakes. It's going to be really sweet. Um, so that's in the rolling chassis phase. So mm-hmm. it's chassis axles, uh, drivetrains already rebuilt. So body work's about to go on. And then we've got a BC, like a historical BC truck. It, yeah. uh, we call it the saw truck, saw mm-hmm. truck. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was a chainsaw demonstrator for the IEL company that made pioneer chainsaws. And it has yeah. all these chainsaw stickers and decals all that's over awesome. it. awesome. Super cool. So that thing is uh, almost ready for a drivetrain. It's got it's uh, it's got the drivetrain removed, new mm-hmm. wiring put in, switches, gauges, dash, all that stuff is done. So it should be running. I want to say in a couple weeks, it's going to be sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that truck a lot. I think that for some reason, old BC logging and logging paraphernalia trucks are like oh, a, it's super. Cool. I have a special place in my heart. I'm a big oh, fan. Yeah. Of the, you know. For some reason, the BC just timber wanna, industry just love Land Rovers and just uh, leaving them out. Makes you want to break out in song. Oh, does it does. It? It really does. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. Have you ever heard the uh, the Canadian, I'm sure Dixon uh, may have performed the original, I'm not sure, but the uh, the Log Rider uh, is a famous, famous uh, this is, Eastern Canadian. This doesn't sound Canadian. like a movie I want to see. Oh, no. It's, well, yeah. That's, <laughs> that came later. That came later. Dixon may have also been involved in that. I don't know, but the uh, but the uh, the log rider is a uh, that's a that's like a famous uh, Canadian shanty that uh, that like a logging shanty. It's worth it's worth a look up. A logging shanty. I'm not logging I'm not shanty. googling the log rider. Logging no matter shanty. how much you ask me to. Log rider log shanty. No. No, yeah. I will not yeah, do get it. In there. Get in there. Don't go to the one for the eighties. That's don't 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 click on that. That's a different thing. That's a different thing, but uh, but the cartoon is uh, is brilliant. And often in Canada, uh, they couldn't sell all of the advertising time, and they needed to meet something called the Canadian Content Law, which is basically, uh, you know, you have to have so much Canadian made content on the air every day. So they would just put in like these like sea shanty cartoon things in between television shows just to like meet the minimum bar of enough content. Yeah. So we got those cars in. We're finishing up a series three. It's yep. like on the one yard line. Uh, it's running, it's driving, it's fuel injected, disc brakes, uh, a few other little niceties. Nice. Soft nice. top, marine blue. Oh, Ooh. it's really like nice. Uh, limestone like wheels, uh, mm-hmm. Michelin XCLs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really coming together. Looking like a really nice truck. So you got all the little plasticky pluggy things for the dash, all the tiny thousand. 400,000 little... plastic pluggy things. Yeah. Huh. For a series three dash might be, might be the last series three that Pangolin four by four does. You've exhausted all your tiny plastic pluggies. You know, I had at one time a lot of new old stock lower dashes for series threes and oh, I, yeah. I should never have sold them all, but uh, mm-hmm. I sold all of them and mm-hmm. I think I have maybe one left. So I have some dash tops too, but Ooh, I need a dash top actually. Well, have I got your next Christmas present? It's headed your way. I've got a little bit of a crack. Do you have vents? Do you have top vents, dash vents for a Series 3? Let's not get greedy warm. here. No. I'm on a starter. You've got, no, I already got the starter. I already got it. Fine. Let's, let's get it now. Yeah, at some point, I've got to pull my uh, my Series 3 apart. Uh, it's uh, that's next. Uh, it's one of the next up projects before uh, summer is to uh, de- de-roof the Series 3 and uh, move it over to the soft top as it is now too hot on the planet Earth to have a hard top Land Rover in Southern California. So... It's going to go over to uh, it's going to go over to the soft top. Uh, get that uh, get that going and uh, start to clear room down here for 
the Dream Machine to come back from the East Coast. Uh, it's with our good friend uh, Trevor out on the East Coast there in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, he's working hard on getting a brand new motor put into it because uh, rebelling it uh, did in a motor in that car. So brand new block with uh, brand new high performance Land Rover V8 block. We, the only one we could find in the whole world happened to be at a high performance tuning shop. And so, you know, here I thought they were all low performance. engines. <laughs> well, I think this is just higher performance. I mean, you know, yeah, I think it's a matter of perspective, you know. Yeah. Didn't they didn't they famously detune? The Rover V8, like very substantially to install it in Land Rovers. Uh, yeah, from the source, from the source Buick uh, blueprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that's true. And especially the stage one, they actually fitted like restrictors in it because they're like, no, 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 no. that's going to be way Ooh. too much power. No, no, too no. much power for this no, car. No, 110 horsepower. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's like this vehicle only weighs 9,000 pounds. It doesn't need that much. Yeah, so. Yeah, it, uh, but uh, so that's getting done. That'll come back. Uh, we've got a sponsor event in Florida here in a few weeks, and then mm-hmm. it'll come back here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to do new uh, actual rally progressive shocks, which is a very exotic piece for the Defender 90 and uh, some tunable shock absorbers. Yeah, when you shocks. go over bumps, it plays like a flute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't get annoying at all. Doesn't get annoying at all. Um, you can and, tune it though. Uh, yeah, you can tune it. You can get it to be like a G, yeah. or you can have like a C sharp. Whatever you want, mm-hmm. whatever you want. It can be perfect. It's very nice. Just a little hoot as you go. Perfect. Over. So this is what your this is your upcoming workshop update. This is the upcoming workshop, and then it's getting shipped up to you or Jenna to do the motor break in because uh, it'll need about a thousand miles on it and a couple oil changes and things. And you will of course be fabricating an additional fuel tank for it. Uh, because now with the new higher performance motor, it gets even less miles per gallon. We'll see. I'm curious. More. I'm curious uh, about the fuel economy. There. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing to do is just to sort of plug up all the hole and the holes in the front fenders and just fill it and fill them with gasoline. You know, it'll be fine. Hmm. You know, I'll something try like that. that. <laughs> yeah, just something like that. I'll try I that. I don't so, know. The spare tire on the back could just be full of gasoline, maybe. I don't know. We could we could hide it somewhere. Hide we it have somewhere. we have a couple more interesting cars in the shop right now, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Uh we just got a forward control, series two B forward oh, I control. I saw that you sent me a you yeah, sent me a picture of that. posted Ooh. posted on my Instagram today. Yeah, it's so cool. And uh that thing is uh that thing's pretty nice. It's it uh, is a nice he, looking forward control. It's here for some motor work and possibly a front axle rebuild. But oh, I cool see. car. Left hand yeah. drive. Ooh, that's very rare. Kind of unusual. What was the source of that car? Where, where did it come from? What's the uh, came, what's its uh, to me from Washington, but sure. uh, I'm not sure of its original origin. I have have to run the VIN number to see where it yeah. came from originally. But yeah, if it was originally maybe it was right hand drive originally. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of uh, left hand two Bs, but that's cool. That's one of my. That's like I love the 101 for sure. It's you know, that forward control is one of certainly one of my favorite. But I, I have a really special place for two B, especially the convertible flatbed that that one is with the canvas on it. Yeah. Like, that's just like the quintessential one. Super cool. And yeah. uh, definitely looks more Land Rover-y than a 101. A for 101, sure. it, it is a Land Rover, but yeah. in terms of how it looks, you know, not very Land Rover-y. The 2B looks like they just reconfigured some pieces and like bent a couple parts to fit and you know, it's yeah. a Land Rover. That's because that's what they did, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's very Lego blocked together. Like it, uh, it feels good though. I like a 2B a lot. It looks like it's made out of Land Rover yeah. parts. And somehow, even though it isn't, but somehow it feels like the front wheels are even farther behind you when you're driving. So 
you know, you start turning the corner two and a half minutes before the uh, the 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 actual car does. It's a it's a lot car. of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a I silly enjoy car. It. I enjoy it. It is really. If you're neat. going down a steep slope, it really really feels like you're going to fall out the front windshield. It's Scary. a. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, so on to the day's business. Um, we, by popular request, um, well, first, a few times have been asked to just stop doing the show, but secondly, <laughs> by popular request uh, of uh, some friends in the Series 3 owners group, and, and you can guess why, uh, have asked about uh, a tip-top tool tip about 3D printing, mm. of course, 3D printing plastic, because when you own... A series three. Every time you go to move a switch or something, you break some plastic parts. Yeah. You, you, so you're going to make your own depth fence for uh, series three. Is <laughs> that what I'm I've thought about it. I have thought about it. Yeah. And so we thought, well, we would talk about uh, a few of the different types of 3D printing that you can do um, and a few of the different kind of machines and, and why you would use one over another and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there are, there are sort of a, there's, I mean, there's a hundred thousand different types of 3d printers and things out there and, and all that sort of business. But the, the few that, that we are really concerned about are the, uh, the FDM printers and the SLA printers. So FDM printers are ones that use, uh, like a hot glue gun, you know, is a real easy way. They're like a CNC hot glue gun. They have a long, you know, roll of plastic that is a particular size. There's, you know, 1.7 millimeter and three millimeter. And, uh, and it basically really just kind of pushes it through like a hot glue gun through a little hot end. And, uh, and then CNC draws layer by layer uh, onto, uh, onto a print bed. And of course, it's a thousand times more, more complicated than that. But it's kind of at the end of the day, sort of what it's doing. And because it's building layer by layer, you can make all this crazy geometry that would be impossible in some cases to mill or something. You can't, you couldn't subtractively manufacture some of the things that you can do with 3D printing. That being said, you don't really need to do that for your Land Rover. There's nothing for the Land Rover that wasn't injection molded or wasn't done some other way, but it is pretty cool. It's a, um, it's a really inexpensive way to get into 3D printing. You don't need to buy a super, super expensive one. The one that I like as an entry level one is the Taz, uh, which is a, like a sort of open format one. And we'll have a link to it in the description, but it's pretty easy, pretty inexpensive and lets you kind of get off and printing and, uh, and rolling along. Our good friend Joe from Lost Cause Ranch, uh, has a, a little 3D printer set up and he's actually been working on this LS driven defender that he's building. And one of the things that he was doing was mocking up different uh, pulleys to hold his uh, alternator um, because he's got this very, you know, interesting engine bay configuration because it's obviously they don't make a pulley set to put it in a Land Rover, coincidentally. And so he was able to mock up a few different things. And uh, we certainly use it on the rally car to, uh, you know, mount things to the car, little fire extinguisher brackets and things that would be either very time consuming to machine or again, would have some kind of crazy geometry that makes it really hard. You can get anything from very simple sort of plastic that you would have, you know, anything made out of the stuff that they make uh, soda uh, bottle lids and things out of. Or you can get things that are like reinforced with stuff like carbon fiber or fiberglass or ceramic. You can even get wood filled one, which is essentially a filament that's like wood glue and sawdust. And so you can actually print like little wooden things, uh, which is pretty cool. You can also print things that are uh, able to be burned away in a kiln so that you can make negatives uh, and then, you know, pour metal into them or something, do investment casting and things. So it's pretty, it's pretty wide open. It's, it's a pretty cool, uh, cool thing. Uh, we print most stuff here 
in uh, PETG, which is like a nice hybrid material that it's like pretty good under different kinds of heat. That's one thing using it in a car. You printed it with a hot thing. And so if it gets too hot, it will just melt and deform. So unless you're using something that's filled with some kind of strengthening agent, um, you might end up with making something that then sits on your dash. And as soon as you have a hot day, it just kind of burps into a little puddle. Uh, so, so PETG or PETG works really good uh, for that. There's also, you can print ABS if you have the right kind of printer. And that's the same kind of high impact plastic that a lot of the interior of the car is already made out of. So if you wanted to make something that's, you know, very close to what is already in there, you can actually print it ABS, but you do need a special kind of printer and you need to vent it and stuff because ABS is toxic when you not good for you. Not super good to just like sit and inhale that. Um, and then the other, the other form of printing that like, again, there's a lot, but the one that you commonly uh, run into is SLA printing, which uses a, a photo sensitive resin. And so you pour you know, a little a little soap dish worth of photosensitive resin, and it actually scans layer by layer uh, using essentially a little projector that projects UV light onto a clear bottom of the vessel that you've got your uh, your photoactive resin in, and then layer by layer it lifts it away and then sticks it back down and leaves about a micron or two of space that gets filled in with new resin and gets hardened and then just get, does that over and over and over again. And that makes parts that are like super smooth. They work really good if, uh, you know, a lot of uh, props shops and things, they'll make things out of that because it's almost ready to go. You don't need to sand it. You don't, it looks pretty good right out of the printer. And you can make super intricate, tiny little things because you're not bound by the thickness of the, of the extruder that you're using in your hot glue gun style one, in your PLA one. You're, uh, you're using uh, essentially as narrow a little band of light as you can get. So you end up with this really, really, really fine detail a lot um, higher resolution on those. Super right? high resolution. And in that stuff, you can get a lot of crazy materials too. You can get flexible resins, which is also true of the of the extrusion printers, but you can get flexible resins. You can get super hard ones. You can get ones that mimic sort of the properties of like a nylon so that they're, you know, pretty slippery and, and things like that. And um, usually a very big resin printer is is quite expensive, but you can get little ones now for a few hundred dollars. And it's a great way to, you know, mock up little things inside the car or to, uh, you know, make those little plugs, those little fillers and stuff that don't actually have to have any mechanical strength. They just need to be, you know, look like the right satin black and plug them in, you know, where you're missing an optional switch in the center console of your Series 3, maybe those little mushroom cap ones. You can print them and pop them in there and they're almost indistinguishable from the from the actual factory part. You know, you can make, and I've made with my, extrusion printers the um you know the little bushings that go into the hoods of the of the uh oh, defender yeah. mm-hmm. are, well. and you can make yeah. them out of you know a really high filled uh you know either ceramic or fiberglass material and mm-hmm. they are 50 times stronger than the originals and you can make them with something that has like the mechanical property of like a fiberglass part but has the material slickness property of something that's made of nylon so they're very slippery but also super strong and so you know, you can do little things like that and parts that just are impossible to find now or would be way too expensive or maybe you want to have something that has a factory look to it, but it has some other function. A lot of people, you know, the the ashtray in the middle of the dash of the Defender, people will switch that out to a little phone holder or something like that. And it's it's really cool. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I think it's a, it's a neat way to prototype. It's a neat way to make little, uh, you know, limited use sort of things. It's great to make for, you know, stuff around the shop. You can make, you know, we have all kinds of jigs and, you know, we have, uh, you know, centering cones for, you know, rebuilding hubs and stuff that fit that are all 3D printed that fit the cars exactly and all that sort of stuff. And 
So it's kind of a neat, it's kind of a neat thing to have. It's a really useful tool and you can get, I mean, we have a very industrial grade, super expensive, giant, you know, sort of commercial uh, uh, printer, but, uh, but you can get into it for a couple hundred bucks. Now, the corollary to this is, uh, is software, right? So what are some good software resources for people that want to get into 3D printing? Maybe yeah. you don't have a lot of like modeling experience or right. 3D drawing experience. Talk to us a little bit about that. The one that I use and like and suggest that everybody gets because it's free and super powerful is Autodesk's Fusion 360. And what it does is it takes the Autodesk environment, which if you're familiar with with AutoCAD or any of their other products, they have like a, you know, a pretty regimented way of doing drawing. And it allows you to do uh, a 2D drawing and then extrude that out into a 3D part and then do additional 3D drawings on different surfaces and extrude those. So it's a really nice way to not have to sort of learn 3D sculpting kind of to get the part that you want. But instead, you can start with you know, because I start by, you know, same as everybody, right? There's, there's a little, you know, cardboard-aided drafting by going up to the thing and sort of sticking a piece of cardboard and getting in and then getting measurements and things off that. And you can transfer that one-to-one into Fusion really easily, and it doesn't take very long to learn how to do that. And then you can take that to this sort of next level by extruding it into 3D, and then you can kind of shape and carve and, you know, do things that you would need to do to, to make it a 3D part. And once you've kind of mastered that basic sort of like make a drawing, make it 3D, you know, make a part out of it, then getting to the next stage of actually drawing it in sort of 3D or modeling it in 3D becomes a little less of a learning curve. So you don't have to sort of like on day one, here's how I make a fully realized swivel ball housing, you know, all in 3D. You can start very simple with just sort of like, well, you know, and I I always start with, you know, basic little projects like how would I make a... uh, you know, a ring that goes around the outside of the mating surface of something so that when I'm putting a sealant around it or something, it doesn't ooze over or something while it's drying or whatever. You know, I do, we do a lot of laser cutting of, of gaskets, cork gaskets and stuff like that. So we do a ton of like patterning things in 2D and it's really easy. And it's, it's what's called parametric drafting, which means that you set parameters for things. So I can have this hole and I need it to always be this far away from this hole, no matter how big I make this part or how I change the outside edges. And it will keep that reference. And you can say, I always need this hole to be X amount of distance from this edge. No matter where that edge moves, that hole will move with it. And it just makes it so that as you're iterating through things, and certainly I'll print something and go to put it on. And like, this thing is like I'm two millimeters too short for that. And you'll go and you'll update your drawing and everything will sort of you know, follow along with those sort of base measurements that you know are correct, you can kind of pivot things around them, which is really cool. And it isn't that hard to learn. There's tons of online resources on how to use it. And once you've learned the basics of Fusion, then you can go and you can use it to laser cut things. You can use it to CNC plasma cut things. We are just starting to do that here now where we can actually plasma cut our own stuff. And it's all the same stuff. It's all basically you've learned how to do the drafting. You've learned how to make it 3D. You've learned how to make it a 2D pattern. You've learned how to, and and it's all sort of right inside of the software. I, I really like it. I think if you're going to do it, it's sort of the right one to learn how to do. There are other ones out there. There's all kinds of different 3D CAD programs, but there's a ton of resources available for Fusion. It's free. And it can be used for all kinds of things, not just 3D printing. We'll put notes to that in the uh, in the show notes, and uh, and maybe at some point I'll do a tooltip uh, video, just kind of walking through the you know from from this gasket that's destroyed to this gasket that's made out of cork. Here, how's 
here's how we do it sort of in-house here. We do them now in rubber and in, and in cork and super fun and great Christmas ornaments and things for the kids and those little, <laughs> those little journals that, that we have on the, these little journals that we have on the store. These are all, these are all laser uh, etched uh, here in shop. So there you go. If you, those are, uh, those, that's like what the third batch of those that you've made. Those things yeah. are super popular. People love those things. I yeah. think we're sold out right now. I got to make some more, but uh, yeah, the little journal is, uh, is, is perfect. And uh, it comes uh, pre-filled with a bunch of things that are probably wrong with your Land Rover. So, you know, they're ready to go. <laughs> To-do list. Yeah. Look at that. There's a, there's a cardboard template right there. This happens to be a laser cut cardboard template that then would get plasma cut out of aluminum. But uh, you know, there you go. This is actually one of my little notebooks with, uh, with all the different things in it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a neat thing to have. If you're thinking about getting into more manufacturing in-house, you can do it on a really, really inexpensive scale. Now, for a few hundred dollars, you can print in 3D. For maybe a few hundred dollars more, you can start to cut uh, with a laser. For maybe a couple thousand dollars, you can cut with plasma. Um, it really is. Milling machines are even coming. To, you can get a You can get a full three-dimensional CNC milling machine for $5,000 now. Which is insane, considering a Haas costs, you know, seventy, eighty thousand dollars just to start, and like they go up to, you know, more than a million dollars, and yet their Formula One team just can't get out of the middle of the pack, no matter how much Gene Haas <laughs> wants them to. They just can't. They just can't do it. But yeah, you know, take a look around the, uh, you know, the internet at uh, different three D manufacturing stuff. You know, maybe look at the log riders while while you're there, just you know, passing by. Don't and, Google it. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff, though. It's good stuff. How about you guys? Have you, uh, I know you guys do a ton of, of laser and plasma out of house, but uh, you guys thinking about getting a little 3D printer? I haven't really. Uh, you know, I, um, we have like a, a CNC laser cutter that I don't mm -hmm. use often enough. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, haven't got on the bandwagon. Maybe, maybe your how to video will push me over the edge <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll get on that. I'll start doing it. But uh, Jenna teaches CAD. So I've yeah, been like so. really reluctant to learn because I'm just like, oh, can you draw this up? And she, like in instantly. It's instantly. like, yeah. yeah, before you even hand it to her, it's already drawn. It's, it's amazing. Already drawn. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, so yeah, it's incredible. And uh, been, yeah. been really reluctant, but um, I think it'll happen. I think it'll yeah. happen. There's always a, a need for making new things. So. Mm -hmm. And I like new things. So. And flat like pattern things. stuff, it's it's a great way to start. Just make flat things and uh, punch super accurate holes in them and you know, it's super accurate holes in the wrong place. It's super accurate <laughs> holes in the wrong place. This is exactly <laughs> five millimeters and it is two and a half millimeters too far to the left. So yeah, yeah that's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's my whole life. They're just wrong because <laughs> the measurement was wrong in the first yeah. place. And I'm not good at measuring. No, that hurts. That's my old adage. Measure twice, cut wrong. So, you know, that's, that's how I do it. So speaking of cutting wrong, uh, over there on the old underpowered hour Facebook group, the most popular destination on the internet without question i think Absolutely. that's uh, many years running now um and uh, there's been some fun speaking of 101 forward controls there's been some fun stuff uh, uh, happening up there there's a there's a forward control a 101 that's crossing a river that somebody Ooh. posted on an expedition i don't know if you've seen this yet but uh, on oh. the the underpowered hour facebook group there's a gentleman who's like this is me driving you know on some expedition super cool so is anyway. that Stuart cook is that might um, be i, I that? don't yeah. remember yeah. who exactly yeah. posted it but it's it's pretty it neat. is yeah that's Stuart cook that uh, posted that and uh yeah it is it's so cool i mean things like that uh using land rovers in their intended way back in the day uh photos like that we absolutely love to see that stuff and i think that's why that it's so much fun to go and uh, explore the community and uh, certainly lots of interesting comments again on the grenadier 
and uh, people who are interested in it. I'm really interested. We should start a list of people who are who are on the list to get one uh, and uh, and start to uh, actually see how big that uh, community is. I mean, as the president of the North American Grenadier Club, I feel like you probably already got that uh, going, but... Uh, it's true. We talked yeah. about it on our other podcast. Let me on the Grenadiers podcast. Then, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's good. That, that you and Bob Ives uh, do secretly. That uh, I hear it. I hear it's great. I hear it's great. It's hear really it's nice. Great. Bob and I do a good job. But if you have some interesting stories uh, about the Grenadier, about your one one forward control, about uh, your mom's one one forward control, post them up there on the Facebook group. We love both Ike and I to uh, jump in there. Liza, Jenna, Linus, the whole gang. Uh, we're uh, we're on there all the time and uh, are checking in on the uh, status of everyone's. Um, you know, ill-begotten projects. We're going to post a bunch of stuff in there, exclusive from uh, some of the things we're doing uh, coming up. Ike and Linus and Jenna and Kuma, as well as uh, Ike and I uh, later on in Greek Peak. Uh, at the, uh, I got a note from Bob Steele saying that uh, John uh, and I are on the uh, podcast committee. I didn't realize I signed up for any committees, but uh, yet here we are. I got to give John a call tomorrow. Figure out what that uh, what that means, but uh, it's going to be great. The uh, hot stove lounge. We'll we'll bring it back. We'll bring back the uh, you know the podcast lounge there at uh, the Greek Peak uh, event. It'll be fantastic. Make sure you stop by there and uh, pick yourself up, uh, you know, I don't know, and, and a, a self-addressed stamped envelope uh, from each one of us. Uh, say hand, hand lettered. <laughs> to Pueblo, Colorado. <laughs> Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, okay, well, finally, everyone's, uh, you know, probably favorite segment. We have not done this one in quite a while. I have to Spend say. a minute. We minute. have been, it's a dereliction of duty when it comes to uh, the famous Land Rover owner of the week. That's right. It's back. Um, and we have a really super exciting individual today, uh, a good friend and a good, uh, amazing filmmaker, Taika Waititi, who is uh, known for directing the Thor movies, for directing some of the Mandalorian, for being in films and being hilarious. Of course, I think one of his very first things was what we do in the shadows, the vampire mockumentary uh, which is now it's a, a good series one. so good so good it's absolutely hilarious with Jermaine Clements and the and the rest of the New Zealand uh, crew there super funny and uh, he is the proud owner of a Range Rover Vogue which I know it feels like cheating when we pick somebody with a celebrity with a Range Rover because that could be any celebrity but he is very fond of his Range Rover in fact he's done some uh, videos uh, about it and uh, in his uh, clever way. He's a big fan of the brand as well. I imagine in New Zealand, there's there's a, a you know a Range Rover or two, certainly a Land Rover or two over there, and uh, you know it's pretty uh, pretty cool. I I think it is it's a quirky vehicle. It's it's a quirky color. It's uh, he's a yep. quirky guy. You know yep. it it makes sense. It's the vehicular equivalent of Taika Waititi. Yeah, there uh, can be no more perfect vehicle for that gentleman. <laughs> it's true, and it's a Vogue. We don't get Vogues here, which is too bad. That's the super fancy. Is it like the Vogue isn't an autobiography? Probably not. Probably, it's probably not. not related. It's to a the collaboration magazine. with Vogue magazine. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I like to think. That's what it is. I don't think Anna so. Winters and the Vogue magazine. Is it, is it Anna Winters? Is she? Is she the Vogue magazine? Couldn't say. I don't know. Yeah, not anyways. a subscriber. No, really? No, no. Gentlemen's Quarterly instead. Yeah. Which uh, there's, uh, I think, uh, one of our famous Land Rover owning friends is on uh, the cover of this, uh, this next issue. Oh, well, there you go. Mr. Momoa. Oh, yeah. 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 He owns a number of Land Rovers. He does. Yeah. Some of them running. And, uh, you know, you know, which is great. Which is great. Which is great. Have you managed to get all of the uh, bed bugs out of the uh, buffalo fur from the seat from his motorcycle? No. They're, they're preserved. I sold to some weird guy on, on uh, Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Momoa brand buffalo hide. They're, 
Well, on that note, it is time to uh, wrap up the show. We've got to uh, get the uh, Buffalo motorcycle seat all combed out and uh, ready for the weekend. And uh, we've got to start, uh, you know, cleaning up uh, around here, uh, getting ready for what is going to be a, an exciting month and a half of travel and events. And it's going to be crazy. Oh, my goodness. It will be crazy. So we think we have a plan to bring you quality Land Rover content week after week through this uh, absence of people and people all over the world. But we appreciate you as always. But at any rate, uh, it has been a slice as always. Head on over to the Facebook group. Uh, jump up uh, onto the uh, shop. Get yourself some tiny Ike stickers. And uh, other than that, uh, we will uh, see you next week. All right, Stephen. See you on the trail. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.